Welcome back to the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo, And this is the Mormon. It is August. August 1st, everybody. August 1st. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Hour. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm great. It is Wednesday, my dudes. It is Wednesday, ah! my dudes. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is Wednesday, my dudes. No, I'm fantastic. <laughs> I'm doing great. How's uh how's everything over there in Mormon land? Oh, it's it's good. It's good. They're they're Mormons are just running amok. It's oh, like uh you, you know in the Bible, you, you know in the Bible when uh when uh Moses curses Egypt and there's like locusts and they just like oh. invade everything. That's what yeah. it's like here, but with Mormons. They're just Ooh, it's man. like everywhere. If you open your door, like six of them run in. <laughs> try to convert you it's crazy <laughs> just kidding. they're all wearing shirts and ties too yeah it's, it's weird it's a weird aesthetic but you know <laughs> anyway oh, yeah. we are we we are here today to talk about the mlb trade deadline which happened occurred uh at 4 p.m eastern time yesterday and so now we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Lots of trades I mean, over the last. That's weeks. when the trade deadline ended. Let's be honest; it all happened at about a half an hour. That's oh yeah, when absolutely. everything went down. It was about a half an yeah. hour. It really gets like crammed in there right beforehand. Teams are like, "All right, oh, yeah. I guess we got to do something." So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of different teams, a lot of scenarios, situations that we find ourselves in now, and what this means for the rest of this baseball season uh so it should be it should be a fun a fun little podcast if you like baseball if you don't like baseball this will probably be like boring but you know see you next week yeah yeah i mean we'll talk about football next week probably so if you like that <laughs> that's the beauty of this guys there's always going to be something you know on the horizon uh and for oh, you yeah. lacrosse fans don't get your hopes up we'll probably never talk about lacrosse so go ahead and go no find a, like lacrosse nope. podcast no nope. no cricket no water polo no no cricket yeah yeah no 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 uh what was the cornhole because that's apparently like a, a sport thing now yeah it's actually kind of intense to watch i'm not gonna lie i watch the championships on espn it's pretty legit <laughs> i is how intense I mean, we can laugh can about that but it really happened so. i don't know i just imagine the guys like sipping a beer Playing cornhole in like the championship, you know, quote unquote. One dude did like. have like a clean can- a clean canteen in his hand the entire game. So yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know what was in that canteen, but you know, it, it could have been an adult beverage. It could have been water. Right. <laughs> you it's hard to speculate. Hard to cornhole, speculate. You know. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we uh we we have a fun episode for you guys today. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. That break brought to you by Sweet Kialoha Dashboard Hula Dolls. You ever need a buddy or a co-pilot in your truck? Slap a, slap a hula doll on your dash. She'll keep you company. 
You can name her whatever you want, too. Sweet Kiloa Dashboard Hula Dolls. Get one today. <laughs> I, I love all these fake auditions for future brands. When hey. I when I like when I hit up companies and I'm like, listen, you want to advertise on the podcast? Go ahead and listen to every episode. We have some sort of fake advertisement on there. You can kind of get an we, idea of like what it'll sound like. We do we do teas. We do beers. We do hula dolls. We do it all. We do it all. Anything. I know three of those were beverages, but we're more diverse than just plugging <laughs> beverages. We, we, we don't just do liquids. We do That's all right. kinds of things. That's right. Solid foods as well. Absolutely. I'm actually. Uh, right. I'm. I'm. I'm working. I'm working on some some sponsorships. Not. not I'm getting stuff prepared. So. Oh. Okay. We'll, cool. We'll have. We'll have, we'll have some. Uh, some. Some podcast sponsors here soon, uh, with some deals for you guys. And uh, you know that would be that'd be pretty neat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Get our yeah, get our so. listeners some cool stuff along the way. Yeah, I think I think I got some good ideas, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that. But Mitch has an forgotten and and forgot no a forgotten that was not proper English. I apologize. Yeah, he has a forgotten all star today for us, Mitch. Please, that's right. Usually about this time, or if you were listening to the last podcast we did at the end of the show, I have a top five list. Uh, we're going to take a break from that this week, um, so don't worry. we got some good stuff coming up for you next week. But this week, i got a forgotten all-star. And since we're talking baseball, let's go baseball. Why not? And I'm going to talk about a guy named Luis Gonzalez that I feel like everyone forgets in how valuable of a player he was in the early 2000s. Um, Wait, hold, let, let me just – I'm trying to remember. See, he played for the D-backs, right? Is that right? He did. That's where – he was that's like – out- it was an outfielder, I think. He was an outfielder, yep. He was most Ooh. notable. Yeah, see? Okay, maybe not go. that forgotten after all. Well, but I've, we're going to talk about bro, him anyway. I, mean, <laughs> I, haven't think, I haven't thought about him since I was probably like 10 years old. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> still there forgotten. You go. Yeah. Um, so, like Dallin said, he was probably most no- notable for playing for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks in the early 2000s. Um, but he actually made his MLB debut in 1990. He'd been around for a Ooh. long time by then. Uh, he started with the Houston Astros um, and spent a year and a half after that in Chicago with the Cubs, uh, one year in Detroit, and then he wound up in Arizona in his age 31 season in 1999, um, which is really where his career took off. He was a serviceable guy. He wasn't. He was a serviceable guy for the first part of his career, but this back half of his career is really where he, a lot of his value came in. Um, his two most notable years were probably 2000 and 2001. Uh, his in the two, his age 32 season in 2000, he played 162 games, hit 31 homers, 114 RBIs. Um, wasn't an All Star that year. Um, uh, he was an All Star in '99 though with Arizona, his first year where he collected 206 hits and 26 homers, 111 RBIs. And he nice. also hit 336 that year. So Ooh, that's going to get yeah, you on an all-star nice. team. <laughs> yeah, um, 2001 <laughs> was by far his best season. That was also the year where they defeated the Yankees in the World Series. Um, he was third in MVP voting that year, an all-star. Again, played 162 games at 33 years old. Uh, set a career high in at-bats with 728. Um, or plate appearances. Sorry, not at-bats. That's a lot of plate appearances or at-bats. 
Uh, yeah. He hit 57 homers that year, had 142 RBIs, and batted 325. <laughs> Oh um, and slugged six eighty eight along the way. He had an OPS of eleven seventeen. Wow! The dude was an animal. I don't know how he didn't win MVP that year. Um, fifty seven uh, home runs. Fifty seven, right? Wow! One hundred and forty two RBIs. That's batted crazy. Three twenty five and slugged slugged six eighty eight. Um, obviously, a silver slugger season for him. Didn't get the MVP. Um, I believe that went to Barry Bonds because that was his 73 homer year. Mm. Oh, guess that makes sense. That, yeah. that, that's just a case of bad luck. You know, when you have a good year, but somebody else like has to take steroids and do it better. You it, know? Yeah, it happened, to be, take, it happened to cheat his way to a MVP season. Um, right. After that, he was, he was serviceable to the job. Never hit over 30 homers again after that, though, which I thought was interesting. Um, but was still a very serviceable player and hitter. Um, He left the Diamondbacks at the end of 2006, spent his age 39 season in 07 with your Los Angeles Dodgers, um, playing 139 games, 15 homers, batting 278, and then wound up his career at age 40 with the the then Florida Marlins, um, where he still played 136 games as a 40-year-old. Wow. And he was playing in the NL, so you know he wasn't DHing. So right, um, yeah, Luis Gonzalez. Don't forget about him, man. Don't sleep on him. Yeah, I mean that's crazy too. Because I mean, like you said, fifty-seven homers, over one hundred and forty RBIs, batting three twenty. That's that's a that's a crazy year. I mean, and this goes back to the Hall of Fame conversation we had a couple months back, where guys maybe aren't getting in that were pretty good players. I mean, he had over twenty-five hundred hits in his career. Hit over 350 homers. He had almost 1,500 RBIs. Hit 283 uh-huh. for his career, and no Hall of Fame talk for him. So, yeah, I mean, one of those guys. I guess you just very forgettable, which is why he is on this week's edition of Forgotten All Star. All Star. All Star. All Star. All Star. All Star. <laughs> I love it. That was a good one. That was a really good one. I have, like I said, I probably haven't thought about him since I was 10 years old. I didn't even know he played for my Dodgers. So that just goes to show. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're forgotten. So that's right. You know, and, and it's fascinating too. I mean, obviously he had some very consistent seasons, but he obviously had like the one anomaly season where, you know, he hits 57 homers and 140 RBIs. And, and, and right. you'll see that a lot of times in, in history. And you'll see a guy just kind of spike. And then go back to whatever they were doing, the norm, and you're just like, whoa, what happened that season? You know, and some, it, it, those are always fun to look at, those kind of uh, anomaly kind of seasons, you know, when oh, a guy yeah. performs at, at a much higher level than they will for the rest of their career. So, and if you, and if, you know, a lot of people could probably look at that 57 homers and go, like, oh, was he juicing that year? Where, where did that come from? If you right. look at pictures of Luis Gonzalez, he is one <laughs> skinny dude. I mean, he is a skinny-looking dude, and um, obviously that dude wasn't taking roids. Let me just yeah, if you he heard was, it, if you he heard was, it here first on the Sports right. Hour. Luis Gonzalez was not taking steroids in two thousand and one. There's no way. Yeah, if we're being honest, if he was, he needs to call his personal trainer and complain that he didn't get the good stuff because he clearly missed out on what Bonds and McGuire and Sosa and all the rest of them were taking. Wait, you mean those weren't roids? You were just giving me sugar tablets the whole year? <laughs> right. I mean, it worked. He hit 57 home runs, I guess. It's all, it's a placebo yeah. effect, you know? 
Um, <laughs> anywho, That's all crazy. right, so let's uh, let's let's we're talking about baseball today, which is fun. Uh, Mitch and I are, are big baseball fans, and you know the MLB season is so long. And it's so hard to talk about because there's not a lot that goes on between, like, May and, like, September, really. I mean, it's just the middle of this. There, there's not a whole lot of highlights to talk about. But the trade well, deadline is it's kind of one of those things. And I would argue that July 31st, that's when you start talking because now we're in the dog days. Mm-hmm. August is going to be a, a crucial month for a lot of teams. And September, of course, we know is a crucial month for all teams who are who are still in the hunt or right. um, at least mathematically eligible for the playoffs. So um, really this is the time of year where you can really buckle down and start talking some baseball. And um, we got we got some stuff to talk about today for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we uh I mean obviously there were there are quite a few uh, trades, a lot of big trades, a lot of smaller trades, and most Contenders, actually all the contenders, any team that has a legitimate shot at a playoff uh, spot has made a trade or two to bolster some part of the roster. Um, And so now we get to look at these teams as basically what they will be, Uh, barring injury, obviously. And then once rosters expand and you're calling guys up for the minors, I mean, but this is basically the teams that you're going to win or lose with right here. There is one more deadline. There is one more trade deadline we have to worry about, and that's for waiver guys on that, that are non-waiver players. Right. But, T- typically, that's not too big a deal. Obviously, last year, Justin Verlander ended up moving to Houston, and then obviously we know what he did in the playoffs was just remarkable. That, right. That's that's more of an outlier more than anything. But yes, Mitch is right. There are still – and that's what, a week from now, correct? Is August 8th? A, we- a week or two, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, any, I mean, so we will have that. We still ha- can have players move around, but more or less this is what the rosters are set at. So we're going to talk about – some of these teams, what they've done and what we think of them. And we're going to do this in a new style. I don't want to call it a segment, um, just a, a new style of doing this uh, that we're introducing today, which is called Like It, Love It, or Hate It. It's kind of more like this, a game than a segment. It's, it's a, a game. game I like, I like yeah. a game. Thank you. This yeah. is a game. Like It, Love It, or Hate It. So what will happen is we'll talk about a situation, a trade, a question, a prediction, and it's going to be... We got to say whether we like it, love it, or hate it, and why. So uh, that's how we're going to tackle all this, which will be fun. Woo! Let's go! All right. Cool. So we are going to start with my Los Angeles Dodgers. Obviously, they made the biggest trade of the trade deadline, which we talked about in our last podcast, which was the Manny Machado trade. They also picked up Brian Dozier, second baseman in a trade, uh, as well as John Axford, who's a bullpen player. piece that they need in their depth um and obviously the Machado trade was big the question that I have for you Mitch uh Dodgers winning the NL pennant going back to the World Series like it love it or hate it I like it I know last week I said how much on board I was with the Dodgers how let's be let's let's throw just some facts out here really quick they're sitting third in the NL West. Um, Technically. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, they're sitting third, but they're only half a game out of first. They're actually tied right. with Colorado for second. Um, and I still think that talent-wise, on paper, they're head and shoulders above 
It, I wouldn't say that. Cubs are pretty close with them, I'd say, talent-wise. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the Dodgers are still the best team structurally in the MLB. Um, I, I'm i going to say I like it because I yes, you still have to consider the Cubs. You still have to consider the Brewers. And you still have to consider the Pittsburgh Pirates to me. I mean, there's three teams right out of the Central. Mm. The Pirates have been playing really hot. They added Chris Archer this last week as well, which is probably that one of those big coveted pitching pieces for this trade deadline. Uh, they acquired him from Tampa Bay. And I think they were really one big arm away from trying to make a push. Um, I don't think they're going to win that division, but I could see them maybe in a wild card spot. There's still six back of the Brewers sitting in third in the mm-hmm. central. Um, but then there's also teams like Philadelphia, who's not going away. There's teams right. like Atlanta, who is not going away. Washington, they have a lot of dysfunction there right now. They could make a push if that clubhouse culture cleans up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually just designated Sean Kelly for assignment today uh, following a tantrum he threw on the mound. Um, so right. obviously there is some there's some dysfunction there right now. Um, Though they did just crush the Mets 25-4. to four, they, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. Which, which was crazy. I do want to mention this. I told Caitlin about this last night because I thought it was funny. So I saw this ESPN Stats and Info has a Twitter they the 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 Nationals were up nineteen to nothing after the first after the fifth inning. I mean, after the fifth inning, they're up nineteen to nothing. This is only the second time in MLB history that a team has been up nineteen or more runs while holding the other team scoreless through five innings. And the other occurrence happened in eighteen seventy six, and it was between oh gosh, what were the names? It was like the Hartford Blue something. And the New York Mutuals. I don't remember. What, I, I I wish I had this pulled up. One of those um, early early MLB yeah, teams. They're just yeah, just some weird names. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it happened like a hundred and forty years ago. But anyway, That's I thought that insane. was a funny stat. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I as as far as I like it because I do think that in my mind they're still the favorite um, because uh-huh. they have the best team. But there's a lot of teams in the NL right now that could spoil that. I mean. Really, you could look at nine different teams right. that could potentially represent the NL in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Or be in the NL side of the bracket. So, um, I like it. I don't love it yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe at the end of August, I love it. But right now, I like it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I you, you brought up the point that I was going to make, which is that there's nine legitimate teams that could be in a playoff spot. Uh, at the end of and St. Louis, season. I didn't even mention St. Louis. There's a tenth team right there. I mean, right. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's. I mean, if we're gonna like, there's probably nine. There's probably eight. I don't know if I'd count Pittsburgh as a legitimate team yet, but there's like eight legit teams, and there's a few other teams that, you know, if August goes right for you, you could put yourself in a really good position going into September, and you could be really vying for a spot, and you don't know what injuries are going to happen. I mean, there's a lot. There's two months of, of baseball left to be played, so obviously. Yeah. Nothing's for sure. I love it. If I was going to put anything on the Dodgers winning the NL pennant, I love it. One, uh, experience. They got there last year, and they lost in seven games. And that was a tough, tough loss to take at home. Uh, And all this season and all the last few seasons has been about winning a World Series. And I think they've made the moves in order to do that. Getting Manny Machado as a a three-month rental... Uh, you know, and Brian Dozier for that matter. I mean, adding that much power to a lineup that already has a lot of power and a lot of hitting ability just shows how in they are on winning this World Series. Right now, they're 
they've got about six starting pitchers and they've had injury issues throughout the whole year, but they have six starting pitchers right now. They're running a six man rotation. Obviously, eventually they're going to cut that down, but they have a lot of depth within top tier starters, younger guys. Uh, and I think they're going to, I think like you said, they're the team that's best fit to push into the world series. Obviously you cannot forget about the Cubs, and you mentioned a few other teams like the Brewers and the Phillies. They're still young. I don't think they're quite there. If there's really a competitor to the Dodgers, in my opinion, it's the Cubs, and it's only the Cubs. Uh, but I just I love the Dodgers. I love what they did. I love that they're pushing all their chips in. And I think that if – and they know this, and you can tell by their moves. If any year is the year, this is the year. So they're going for it, and that's why I'd say I, I love it. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I would have said love it had maybe they added a bullpen piece too. Like you said, they they're starting six. They have six starters right here. Right. I would have rather had them cut down to five or four and add a bullpen arm. I mean, yeah, th- there's not really a team that's won a World Series or been successful in the playoffs that I can remember that didn't have a good bullpen. I mean, right. they've all had they've all had really good bullpens, and so. That's probably when I would have said prob- that I love it, but I I don't love it yet. Like I said, let's see at right. the end of August and see what happens, or maybe even midway if they make a run. So. Yeah. Well, and that's their one big question mark is the bullpen. Obviously, they have Kenley Jansen, who is, uh, in my opinion, the best closer in the game at the back end. Uh, but it's what happens before that. And obviously, they had Brandon Morrow last year, who did great as a setup man, but he's with the Cubs now. Uh, they don't really have that solid guy in front of Jansen where you can get a starter to go six or seven innings and then go straight setup man closer. And that's going to be the biggest question mark is who steps up this season to be that guy, that before Jansen guy that can really solidify their bullpen. And, and that's something they're going to have to figure out. But they obviously believe they have that guy. They may not know who that is yet, but they have that guy on their roster. So right. we'll, uh, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how it works out. But yeah, I mean... I, like you said, clearly the best roster um, in the NL, but it is early. I mean, two months, you never know how injuries are going to go. There, that's a, that's a lot, lot of, of baseball left. That's a lot yeah, of baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Round two of Like It, Love It, Hate It. You ready, Don? I'm so ready. Okay, so some other big names that got dealt this week went to, who else? The New York Yankees. They always add at least one person every year. This year, they added three. Um, they added Jay Happ, who I mentioned last week as one of the big p- pitching guys to be dealt. He came over from Toronto, left-handed starter. They also added Lance Lynn, um, a right-handed pitcher. I believe he came from St. Louis, right? Was he still with St. Louis? I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought he <laughs> I might have been. You. Who knows? He got flushed. <laughs> you say it with confidence, anyone will believe you. So <laughs> Big right-handed arm. Lance Lynn, a big right-handed arm. They got at, right. He got added. Um, and then they also added Zach Britton from the Orioles. Um, so an inner division rival. Uh, obviously, the Orioles are tanking. It's very obvious. They're getting ready to rebuild. Um, so they dealt Zach Britton, who has been on the back end of a bullpen for a long time and has been very successful. Um, so going in to the last two months of the season, everyone's looking at a few teams, and mainly three to be specific. The Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, and the Houston Astros. Those are kind of the big three right now in the AL. Mm-hmm. Dallin, my question is, with adding these three arms, like it, love it, or hate it, the Yankees are the team to beat in the AL for the back half of this season. I love it. 
Ugh. All right. Explain. I, I, and and the thing is, and, and the reason why, and, and like you said, these are the three teams that everyone's been looking at. They're they're pretty close together. I mean, records aren't exactly the same, obviously, but uh, the, talent-wise, they're, they're pretty close together. Um, and they all have a lot of potential. I, any of those three teams I could see in the World Series and would not bat an eye. I mean, so when we're looking at what they did at the trade deadline, the Red Sox and the Astros didn't really do a whole lot. The Red Sox added Ian Kinsler at second base. Uh, Pedroia has been struggling with injury. They're basically just saying, you know, we're not going to wait on him getting back healthy. We're going to just replace him with Kinsler and go ahead with that. And then they added Nathan Eovaldi as another arm in the rotation, which will help, obviously. He's not like a top-tier guy. He's not a J.A. Happ or Chris Archer, but he, he's a solid arm that they can add. Uh, the Astros traded Ken Giles, their closer, for another closer, Roberto Osuna, um, who is just coming off a 75-game suspension for domestic abuse, uh, which seems like such a strange move to me. I, I don't understand. They added Martin Maldonado, who's just a backup catcher, and then Ryan Presley, who's just a bullpen arm. So none of the Red Sox or the Astros really did anything significant to their rosters. Um, and I think the Yankees did something significant. J.A. Happ is a good starter. He can be a third, fourth man in a rotation for them. Uh, Zach Britton is an all-star closer. I mean, we ta- we just talked about bullpens. So important when it comes to the postseason. You have to have a solid bullpen. And then going out and getting another team starter, I mean closer, and adding that to their bullpen just is a huge, huge boost. And so now when I'm looking at these teams as of today, I think the Yankees are the team to beat. Okay. Yeah. You know... I thought about it because Dallin called me about two hours before we started recording and told me, hey, think about this question. And I've had time to think about it a little bit. And I am going to say that I love it. Not because... Mm. There we go. Not because of the talent that's present there. But because... Well, it is pure... Actually, you know what? I take that back. It is purely based on the talent that is there. Um, Because I think there's a team, and we'll get to them here in a little bit, that's playing really, really well right now, and I don't see them. There's no signs of them slowing down that I think they could upset. But I, I like you said, Jay Happ, a good solid middle to back into the rotation guy, um, could probably be a three or a two on a lot of teams right yeah. now. Um, he's going to be a three, four, or five with New York. Um, but and then you can't turn away from the lineup that they have. I mean, it's oh yeah. It's Murderer's Row 2.0. Um, this is 1927 Yankees incarnate. It's with Stanton, Judge, and Sanchez there. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I can I can stand Good. by that. I can stand by that. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, I mean, it's got a bad taste in my mouth saying it, but I I I can stand by that. It, it does for me too. I'm a Dodgers fan. I can't like the Yankees at all. Uh, but and and to be fair to the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox, this is still close. It's not like, in my opinion, the NL oh. where the Dodgers are by and large the best team. These teams are still really close, and I yeah. still wouldn't be shocked if any of those teams made the World Series. But as as far as it goes, I think the Yankees are the team to beat. They're now the number one, the alpha dog in the AL, and Houston. And Boston are going to have to prove that the rosters they had pre-trade deadline, because they didn't make that many moves, are good enough to compete. And they obviously feel confident in those rosters because they didn't make that many moves. 
Right. Yeah. So, no. Uh, we're in agreement. Sorry, we're good to go. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so sticking with the AL, uh, obviously we talked about the big three. The next team kind of there besides a few other teams, which we'll talk about later, is the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they are leading the AL Central. They have locked up their playoff berth in the AL Central since about April 1st. Uh, so that's been that's been a go pretty much all season. Uh, that 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 uh, that division is atrocious. Uh, they're ten games up on the Twins. Nobody's above five hundred except for Cleveland, and they only have fifty nine wins. In fact, they if you rank them based on their winning percentage, they would be the sixth best team in the AL. But they're leading the division, so obviously they'll get their playoff spot. Wait, they wait, have they, they would be what the sixth AL? best team in the AL. No, based on not. record. No, yeah, they are because yeah, yeah, because oh. Boston, New York, yeah, Houston, yeah. Seattle, Oakland all have better winning percentage than Cleveland. You're does. right. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Continue. Don't, Continue. Don't, don't don't do that, Mitch. Don't come at me, Mitch. I got I'm my stats. Idiot. I'm looking at I'm it. Just I'm kidding. looking no. at the standings right here too, and I still <laughs> have the good. balls to say that. That's yeah. It's all good. You're I'm all good. Idiot. It, you're scripts. colorblind. It's all good. I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. I'm sorry. I can't help you. New listeners, it, I'm colorblind, and there there might be some more of those jokes in the future. But I'm such a dick about it too, and I know it. And good thing we're best friends, because I would probably be mad at me if I was. Oh, if you're I not the only one it. who's a dick about it, so it's okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I got thick skin. Thick skin. There you go. You have to. You have to. I have anyway, to. I'm so, colorblind. Yeah, right. So based on winning percentage, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. But obviously, like I said, leading the division will win their division, barring anything crazy happening. Um, they have made some moves uh, at the trade deadline. To mention a few, they added Leonis Martin, center fielder, which they needed some help at. Added three different relief pitchers, uh, Kyle Dowdy, Adam Seimer, Seimer, Keimer, I don't know. And uh, Brad Hand, who was a closer uh, for the Padres, I believe. Uh, yeah. So they added, obviously, good depth to their bullpen. Uh, on top of, you know, guys that they have like Andrew Miller. Uh, they obviously have a very good bullpen. Um, and then Oscar Mercado, who's an outfielder, probably add just depth there. Uh, so they've made some moves now. They're trying to get up to that top tier uh, where the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Houston Astros sit. So Mitch, like it, love it, or hate it. Have the Indians, with the moves they've made, moved themselves up to that top tier with the Astros, the Yankees, and the Red Sox? Hate it. Hate it. Ooh, okay. Not not even close. Are they close? Not even, it's not even a discussion that they're in the really? same tier as Houston, New York, and Boston. I mean, they've played the majority of their games within the division, and they can only get 11 games above 500. I mean... They're terrible on the road. They're 500, but, I mean, for a team leading their division, 500 on the road is not good at all. They shouldn't be 500 on the road. They play well at home, but to play in the division that you're playing in and for you to only be at 59 wins at this point in the season, it no. Not even close. And look, just look at the talent. Just look at the talent that they have. Not that I don't have faith in Tito, Terry Francona, to get it done because he's, in my mind, one of the great managers of all time. Um, he's a player's coach. He gets along with his players. He gets his guys to win. He rallies the troops really Mm -hmm. well, but he's not, they're not even close to New York, Boston, or Houston. I hate it. That that's, 
I mean, that's like saying that Minnesota could overtake the, this division right now and win it. I mean, that's the level it's on right now for me, an ass, you know, okay. level of asinine. So. <laughs> I love it, Mitch. Um, you know, I will not say hate it. I'm going to say like it. Obviously, I, I don't think they're Ugh. quite there, but I do like this Indian team. I mean, look, this two years ago, this team was in the World Series, and they have a very similar team, if not the basically the exact same team that they had two years ago. I mean, this team hasn't changed that much. A lot of their younger pieces have gotten better, more experienced, like Francisco Lindor, Jose, Ram- Jose Ramirez, Yonder Alonso. Uh, they added Edwin Encarnacion. They, Yonder Alonso they, wasn't even there two years ago, though. Oh, he, oh, that's right. He was playing for the A's, right? Yeah, he wasn't there until last year. So, I, you know, the the hit the hitting batting is the only thing that really concerns me. They have a very good starting rotation. I mean, their top three guys are Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, and Trevor Bauer. Who Trevor Bowers ten and six with a two point three four ERA. Kluber's thirteen and six with a two point seven nine. Carrasco's thirteen and five with a three point six six. Mike Clevenger, who's their fourth guy, seven and seven with their three point four three. I mean, the, the I starting mean, like the, I, the starting pitching rotation in and of itself. I mean, when you compare that to the teams around them, they have a comparable pitching rotation. It's going to come down to batting. And I do like Leonis Martin. I think that's going to help. They have a hole in center field that's going to fill that. I think this team is almost there. Like I said, I don't love it. I don't think they're quite there. If they're not tier one, they're tier one A. Like they're just above. I don't think they're tier two. I think they're. I think they're almost there. Uh, you know, and I I agree with you. I really like the rotation too, especially those top three guys. I really like Carrasco. I think he's hasn't pitched yes. as well as he could. I really well, do and I that. and I if I remember I like right, Bauer. he was injured during the World Series run. I don't think I think he was injured that whole time. I don't even think he pitched in that uh, World yeah. Series run. So I mean, they, I, that's a piece they were missing throughout that. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. He might have been, but um, yeah, yeah, the lineup definitely hurts me. And I look at depth also. Um, the Astros, the Yankees, and the Red Sox have far better depth than the Indians do, and that's going to count for a lot going in to the playoffs is what kind of depth yeah. do you have behind you. So I I cannot I cannot stand behind a team that has no depth. Um, yeah. Now, these guys, they get it done. I mean, there's teams like another, and I won't talk about the team yet because we're going to get to them, but the team <laughs> that we're going to talk about that they have depth in a weird sort of way where they use a different a platoon system, and mm-hmm. – um, use guys accordingly and the Indians don't have any guys like that. And so it's, it's hard for me to stand by a team with no depth and three starting pitchers really to lean on. It's hard for me to get behind something like that. Yeah. You know, like I said, obviously their starting pitchers really strong. Their bullpen is also very strong. Uh, Obviously have Andrew Miller and they added to that with a guy like Brad hand, who's going to come in and, uh, obviously very be very solid for them if we're looking at pitching rotations uh, of these top four teams houston cleveland uh boston and new york I, besides houston i probably trust the indians pitching the most out of those four teams and so and that really? means a lot to me i do i mean I, I think boston is probably the biggest question mark as far as pitching goes 
um, especially when it comes to bullpen. I, I, I like the Yankees, but not as much as I do the Indians. Like I said, that starting rotation is great, especially when it comes to the playoffs and you have to start three, four guys, and then you're relying on bullpen. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like, I think pitching matters a lot in the playoffs. That's what I'm looking for on a team is solid starters and depth in the bullpen. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I like it. Like I said, don't love it, but I like it. I think they're almost there. So we, we yeah, will find okay. out, I guess, how it, how it goes for the rest of the season. So. Yeah. We'll find out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like we talked about earlier, there are some teams in the NL that are playing above expectation. And three most notable ones are Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. And they have a young, a good crop of young talent right now, and they're all playing very well. Milwaukee made a big move this last offseason to add Christian Yelich and mm-hmm. Lorenzo Cain, and um, it really solidified that outfield that they have in Milwaukee. So, Dallin, like it, love it, or hate it? Well, actually, this isn't a like it, love it, or hate it, really. I want you to rank No, this is a rank them. This is a rank them. I want you to rank them. Rank them. Best to worst or most likely to make the playoffs to least likely yeah. to make the playoffs. The Braves, the Brewers, and the Phillies. Yeah, this was rough. So like Mitch said, these are three teams that, I mean, going into this season, I thought, especially Philly and Atlanta, had a lot of potential. But they're coming off of rebuilds. They're younger teams. Uh, probably weren't looked at to be in the position that they are now um, as legitimate contenders. I mean, uh, Philly leads the NL East half a game above the Braves who are second. And like Mitch mentioned earlier, the Nationals are just about 500. They've uh, heavily underperformed this year. And it's kind of allowed these two teams to to come up and, and kind of present themselves. The Brewers, on the other hand, have just taken this spot and said, we're, we're going we're gonna to win 63 games and be tied for first with the Cubs. Uh, so, I mean, interesting teams, teams we didn't expect. Uh, I broke down statistics. I thought about this. If I had to rank them, I the one I'm most confident in, the team I would put the most money on would be the Atlanta Braves. Uh, second for me would be the Brewers, and third, the Phillies. Um, if we look at what they did at the trade deadline, uh, all, all, all those teams made moves, and I think good moves. The Braves added Kevin Gossman, who will be a solid starter for them, who's also locked up past this year, so he's a long-term kind of add. Uh, Johnny Venters, Brad Brock, Brach, Brock, I don't know how do you say that name. Anyway, uh, those relief either. guys, bullpen guys. Adam Duvall, who's a big right-handed bat in the lineup. The Brewers added Mike Moustakis, uh, who will be an infielder guy for them. Joakim Soria, and added Jonathan Shoup. Uh, at the trade deadline, which is another solid pick. Um, Soria is going to obviously uh, help out in their bullpen. And then the Phillies added as Drupal Cabrera, who can play all a uh, bunch of different infield positions. Wilson Ramos, who is probably the best power-hitting catcher, one of the best at least, in the majors. And Aaron Loop, who is a, another bullpen hand. Uh, so all the all those teams added pretty good pieces. Uh, but if we're going to look at it, I, like I said, I go Braves first, Brewers second, and Phillies third. And before we talk about it, I want to hear uh, what your rankings were. Then we can yeah. get into it. Mine are, mine are definitely different than yours. Uh, I like mm. Milwaukee the best out of those teams. Okay. Um, and with, like, I, I think Mike Moustakis is a great add. 
especially as a mm-hmm. corner infielder and a good bat. Um, uh, then I got Philadelphia after that. I love Wilson Ramos, um, and I like I like what they've done this year, especially on the mound. Um, so far, with what they got, I mean, Aaron Nola is about all they have. Oh, and I, I mean, he's been amazing. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Nola is about what they got, but he's been you know their best pitcher by far. And um, and then Atlanta, I just don't think Atlanta's there yet. I think they added good pieces. Um, I just I don't know if that's enough to make a run past Philadelphia. I know they're only a half game back and it's really tight right now, but I think down the stretch, it's just, it's Milwaukee's going to have the best bet. I think out of those three teams, especially to get into the playoffs, just based on where they're sitting right now. So, right. Um, and that wild card spot that will be theirs. Cause obviously Atlanta and Philly are going to be fighting each other. So that's going to knock one or the other down. So well, the chance of them getting into Colorado. a wild card spot will be hard. Colorado's yeah, uh, right up there Colorado, with Philly. So. Arizona, Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. I mean, the Nationals, there are a ton of teams. Even San Francisco's not that far back. So, you know, but of those three, Milwaukee definitely is going to be, I think, the first wild card. Um, and then okay. a team that's not on that list, I think, could bump it. I think there's going to be three NL Central teams, to be honest with you. Really? Oh, so you yeah. think the Pirates are going to push up? I think the Pirates are going to make a push. Um, and just edge out Philly. I mean, just barely. So that's, that's where I'm at with that. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I do, I do like the Brewers. I, what I like about the Brewers more than any of the other teams, Phillies or Braves is that they have a lot of experience. They're not solely relying on young guys. I mean, Christian Yelich, like you said, Lorenzo Cain, uh, those are guys that have been around for a while. Lorenzo Cain's been to a World Series. He's won a World Series with the Royals. Uh, so I think that adds a lot of experience to the teams, that, whereas Philly and uh, Atlanta are relying on a lot of young pieces who are playing really well unexpectedly. Um, I do like that about the Brewers. What I like about the Braves, though, and why I have them as the best out of these teams, is you look at... Uh, you look look at their stats, team stats, when you're comparing to the rest of the NL, and they're pretty much high in everything. They're second in batting average against, they're seventh in ERA, fourth in runs scored, second in batting average, third in on-base percentage. They're really high in runs scored. The pitching isn't quite as good as other teams like, um, like for example, Milwaukee, who is first in batting average against and second in ERA in the NL. Um, is getting a lot of production. Uh, but I do like this Atlanta team. I don't know. I just feel more confident about them. I don't know. I like picking up Kevin Gossman. I think he's going to be a third starter to add good, a third solid starter to add in with Sean Newcomb and Mike Full Fultonowitz. How do you say that, dude? <laughs> Fultonich or Fultonich or Fultonowitz? I don't know. Sorry, Mike, Mike. F. Mike Mike F. F. Yeah, sorry, Mike. We're going back to elementary Um, school. Mike F. (laughs) Yeah, and the the issue that I have with the Milwaukee is, yes, they're first in batting average against second in ERA, but they're ninth in runs scored, eighth in batting average, and tenth in on-base percentage. So offensively, they're they're towards the second, the bottom half of the NL. And yes, obviously, 63 wins right now. The the pitching is obviously at a high level. Um, But I do worry about that. As far as being a balanced team, Philly, on the other hand, 
is not a very good batting team at all. They're 11th in runs scored, 12th in batting average, 8th in on-base percentage. They're 5th in ERA, 7th in batting average against. They're actually a lower half team, surprisingly, still with 59 wins. That's a team that I look at as like, okay, they're kind of winning these off of anomalies more than anything. And based on their team stats, that should decline over the rest of the season. Um, Which is why I have more confidence in Atlanta based on where they're at, because they're performing at a high level in their team stats. That should stay that way, at least relatively throughout the rest of the season. And I think that's a good argument. Um, I mean, I'm I'm looking at their their road home splits right now, and Philly has a losing record on the road. They're 25 and 30. They've played lights out at home. They're 34 and 18 at home. Which is best. That's best in the NL. Right. Um, But yeah, they don't play well on the road. I get that argument. I just, I like the way the roster is constructed a little bit better in Philly. Mm -hmm. Um, but Milwaukee still is the be- the best team for in of those three to me at least. Um, yeah, roster construction. Um, and I know he's a racist. Well, that's kind of harsh. But Josh Hader, I really like. Um, yeah, uh, he's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. He's a great pitcher. And um, yeah, I Milwaukee. Milwaukee to me. I I think I've said what I need to say about that, but Yeah, no, I, I feel you. And the only thing that concerns me about Milwaukee is um obviously they're really high in team pitching stats, but I don't feel like they really have like a guy that I'm really confident in as far as their starting pitchers. Um, yeah, I mean you only have and, like Chase Anderson to go off of and like that's right, all you or have. Jules Chassin. Oh Jules like Chassin. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean and he's He's ten and three with a uh, what is it three point four five ERA. So I mean he's well, having himself a great year. But I've you, never heard of him have, until you today. You have reason so. to be nervous about that. You have reason to be nervous about that guy too because he started his career in Colorado and he's a flyball pitcher. So oh right, you yeah. you have reason to get to get nervous about that guy, especially in a much more friendly ballpark for hitters in Milwaukee. Right. Even though Colorado's a hitter friendly park, the ball carries out. The porch is shorter in Milwaukee, and he's a fly ball hitter. Definitely, you have or a fly ball pitcher. You definitely have reason for concern there. But right, um, well, and and that they didn't go out and get another starting pitcher at the trade deadline, which they could have to solidify this. That's that's my only concern with the Brewers. Um, sure, I do like yeah. that team. Other than that, um, and I mean, with Philly, to be fair to them, I mean, obviously Aaron Nola, like I said, having a great year, twelve and three. 2.3 something ERA. They do still have Jake Arietta, who's a guy who's won a World Series not too long ago, and he's 9 and 6 with a 3.3 ERA. He's not doing terrible and he brings a lot of experience to a team. Obviously, like I said, he he's won a World World Series. He's been there. Um and that might be a guy they end up having to rely on at the end of the season to get them there or even in the playoffs and that's a valuable thing to have. Uh, when you look at these teams, between the Phillies, the Braves, and the Brewers, only the Phillies have that one, to me, a true ace, a guy who you could really, you know, to me, I would trust Jake Arrieta. I don't know if I would trust anybody as far as starting pitchers on the Braves or the Brewers. So, But, you know, like uh, like we said earlier, there's a lot of teams. I mean, if you look at teams over 500 in the NL, uh, there's 11 teams over 500. So, and nobody's more than seven and a half games back of the lead in their division. So, I mean, there is, there's a lot that can happen 
it's wide <laughs> a lot, open. A lot wide that open. can happen, which which is what makes the NL so fun right now is because of of the wild card spots, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams, right, vying for a wild card spot, and the most any team is behind is four and a half games. So, I mean, <laughs> we're... Yeah. Uh, we're we're in a very very interesting spot, which is which is fun. It's fun to talk about. So, absolutely. And so we'll uh, so we talked about obviously NL NL teams NL wild card. We're gonna switch this over and we're gonna talk about AL wild card. And unlike the NL, it is pretty much set in stone, barring anything crazy. We pretty much know who the uh, playoff teams are in the AL. Obviously, we talked about the four big ones: New York. At, uh, New York, Boston, Cleveland, Houston. And there's two teams vying for that last wild card spot. It's the Seattle Mariners and the Oakland Athletics. Currently, Oakland is a game back of Seattle for that second playoff spot. And I have MLB Network up right now in front of me while we're recording this. The Mariners are going to lose this game against the Astros and Oakland is probably going to beat Toronto today. So this will probably be tied by the time that we're done recording today. Right. So the question, the last, the last thing we're going to talk about today on the podcast, and the last question that I'm going to present to Mitch is, which one of these teams would you put money on to get that second wild card spot? I know right now I am wearing a Tacoma Rainiers hat, uh, which is the AAA affiliate of the Seattle <laughs> Mariners. Um, hold on. Let me, let me swap this out. He's, he's switching hats. Oh no. Let's go Oakland. <laughs> Let's go. This team is red. Not only am I an Oakland A's fan, this team is red hot since early June. Um, since June 12th, really red hot. Um, just, I love this team, they're so much fun to watch. All the young talent that they have with Matt Olson and Matt Chapman and Sean Manaya. Um and Steven Piscotti's been solid the entire year. This is a great team to watch right now. If you if you want to watch a great baseball game, turn on some Oakland Athletics baseball. Um, the Seattle Mariners have been they've been all right. They're nineteen games nineteen games above five hundred. They're about to be eighteen games above five hundred. Um, and slowly have been trending downward, not really spiking or or dropping off the cliff really far, but they are, they have been slowly trending downward since maybe mid May, late May. Um, and Oakland has only been trending up. Um, this is the team that I said that could upset the Yankees if they get in the wild card spot and we see a Yankees A's wild card game, one game playoff. This is the team that I think could beat the Yankees um, in a one-game playoff. Even in New York, their best record, they're they're played better on the road so far this year than at home. So, and I'm I'm I would bet that the A's are playing on the road in that wild card situation. Um, and so I I put my money. I'm all in on the A's. I mean, I love it. You want you That's want a great. hot take? You want a hot take right now? Yes, hot take all day. Let's hot go. Take. Your AL, your ALCS matchup will be the Oakland Athletics and the Boston Red Sox. Ew. <laughs> that will be your ALCS matchup. You heard it first oh, here. Man. That's going to be your matchup. Um, 
I don't think the A's have the firepower to beat the Boston Red Sox, but I, I think they could get there. I really do. And uh, there's, I have a lot of confidence in them. That's great. That's great. You know, I do, I do like the A's. Of course, I like the A's. The A's are a great story. They're, they're similar to the Phillies and the Braves and the Brewers. Not a team that I think we really expected to be in this position. I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd get to 500 for sure. But, I, I mean, I didn't expect them to be really competing for a wild card spot, especially over a team like the Angels, who has been a major disappointment this year um, and are just sitting at about 500. I mean, they still have the potential to move up, but they're, I, I think, about eight games back of a wild card spot right now. So they have a lot of uh, ground to make up to get there. Angels are nine um, and a half back. Nine and a half back. There you go. So even more so. Um, you know, I am going to say Mariners on this uh, because a few reasons. A few reasons. One, it's been too dang long, man. The Mariners haven't been to the playoffs since 2001 when they won 116 games. Uh, and they have they have tried so hard over the last few years to construct a team to get there. And this season honestly did not look like the season, but they are getting a ton of production from guys like Mitch Hanniger out of nowhere. Uh, and Ryan Healy and uh, you know, the, the picks that the, the guys that they've gotten have been very solid. D Gordon batting 290, very solid for them. Gene Segura, who they got in the trade for Taekwon Walker with Arizona along with Mitch Hanniger, has played very well for them. Nelson Cruz, 25 home runs. He's been solid. Kyle Seeger, pretty solid. I mean, they, they, they've had production from guys when they normally haven't had that kind of production. Um, I do worry about their pitching. Uh, King Felix, Felix Hernandez has not looked the same. He hasn't had a very good season. He's 8-9 and nine with a 5.58 ERA. Um, but they've had a lot of production from other guys. Marco Gonzalez is 12 and 5 with a 3.37 ERA. James Paxton, who was injured for a while, but he's 9 and 4 with a 3.49 ERA, was doing very hot, very, very hot in the beginning of the season. Edwin Diaz is their closer with 40 saves already, who's having a heck of a year. I like this Mariners team. I think this is their year to make it in the playoffs because. The competition is not that numerous. It's really between them and the A's. And typically, they've been a good team, but they haven't been able to surpass other teams because there's been a lot of backlogs of teams competing for these spots. There's only one other team they really have to compete with right now. And so if they're going to make it, this is their best chance. I mean, this is the year. If they're going to finally break this drought, uh, this is the year to do it. And uh, I, 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 think, I think they do it this year. Their team stats are not as good as the A's. And I do agree, obviously, they're, they're, they've trended a little downward. I mean, they were leading the division as of like a month ago. Uh, so, I, I mean, they, they have trended downward a little bit. But I, can't, I just can't get on board with a team right now that is sitting in the position that they're at and over the course of the season has been outscored. I mean... Or is even drawing yeah. near to outscore it. I mean, the A's have outscored their opponents over the course of the year. I think it's like, they're like plus 46 in run differential. The Mariners are like minus four. And that's even more now. So, 
the A's have scored even more runs against their opponents, and the Mariners have scored even fewer runs than their opponents after today's games. Um, the thing that I think is going to be most interesting is we're going to have to look at uh, remaining schedule. Um, because yep. Seattle has played better at home than on the road, and Oakland, vice versa, um, has played worse at home than on the road. And the M's have the majority of their games on the road, and the A's have the majority of their game on at or at home. So I right. think that's I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I just have so much confidence in Oakland right now. I, I'm knocking yeah. on wood. I, I want to see him. <laughs> I want to see him play Boston the ALCS because I think Boston's going to be there. But I mean, they're Oakland. both really good teams. I think this is going to come down to like last week of the season. I mean, the, I think these teams are going to be pretty close. Uh, but I just I like this Mariners team. I've liked them all year. They started off hot. They've continued to stay that way. And I saw this statistic earlier in the year that they hadn't led the division like past May in like since that year they went to the playoffs. Like it's been 20 years since they had even like led the division past May 1st or whatever it was. Or it was like the end of May. And the fact that they were able to do that later in the season, they're continuing this success. They put themselves in a position to make a playoff. They just have to close it and the home stretch of these last two months, have a good August, have a good September. I think it's possible. And I do like this A's team, but this A's team is also a hodgepodge. And I, I, I don't know if there's a single guy on here that I really, really trust. And you really, if you're rooting for the A's, if you're trusting in the A's, you're trusting in the unit as a whole of this hodgepodge of players. And, and I just the, have more confidence in the individual performance of guys on Seattle's team. And that's the glory of the platoon management style. Is yeah. you can have a hodgepodge if you have the right pieces, you can get it done. What well, if think it works? Does. You Absolutely. want a fire take? I know I gave a fire take. You want a scorching <laughs> what, hot what, what, fire are, are take. Are we going World Series now? Jeez, you already gave the hot take of them going to ALCS. What else do you got? Oakland wins the division and Houston is the wild card. Wow. Wow, Mitch. They're okay. only five games back with two months left and Houston's yeah, four we've and six cro- in their we've last crossed, 10. Oakland's we, seven and three. <laughs> Houston's been kind of status quo. Oakland's been playing hot. Yeah, why not? Uh, why not we've think crossed about a, that We've hotness? crossed a, a threshold, Mitch. It's too hot. Two hundred seventy-three Kelvin. We've overheated. Scorching hot. We're going down. We're going down. We've overheated. Scorching hot (laughs) on the A's. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, There's confidence in your team, and then there's overconfidence. I think we've just. I'm not. I don't think that's overconfident, though. Oh, I think it is. I don't know. But I just was looking at this. I just glanced at. Do you know Baltimore's only won twelve games on the road this year? (laughs) Ew! Really? I think Mass. I've won more games on the road That's than disgusting. Baltimore has. <laughs> Kansas City hasn't won more than 20 games at home or on the road. Ooh. Those are some I don't bad know. teams. I saw this fact, article. I'm I looking at it, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't read it, but the Ringer did this. Uh, one of the writers on the Ringer did this thing where he basically combined the Orioles and the Royals and figured out whether he could make a decent team, and he couldn't. That was the conclusion, is that if you combined their two rosters, you would still have a really bad team. Yeah, um, which was funny. I didn't bad. read the whole article, but uh, yeah, those two teams are uh, the epitome of tanking right now in Major League Baseball. They're, so. They are bad. We have some we have some fun playoff wild card races to look forward to over the next few months. We have some tight races. We have an NL that is uh, full of teams that can make a playoff. We have an AL that's pretty tight 
we pretty much know who's going, but there is a lot of moving around that can happen. And you, you never know surprises. We'll ne- we never know what's going to happen in these last two months. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting things to look for now that we're post trade deadline. And Mitch, it's been fun to talk baseball. We don't get to do this very often. So I know it's been very fun. I just want to go with one parting guess. Let's get, let's just get a take from you for okay. both of us. Who's your world series? Let's go right now. Based on right, season ends today, who's your World Series? Dodgers Yankees. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like I said earlier, if it's the Red Sox or the Astros, none of those teams will surprise me. But I, I think the Yankee Yankees have the team to beat right down the AL, and uh, I wanted this matchup last year. When the Yankees were playing well against the Astros in the ALCS, because I, you know, just for tradition's sake, uh, Dodgers and the fact that the Dodgers can get their first World Series win in 30 years against the arch rival of all arch rivals in the Yankees would be a beautiful, a beautiful moment. So I'm going to go Dodgers Yankees. Okay. Good deal. What do you got? Oh, ah, that ends today. Based on how they're playing, I think I'm gonna go. I think I go Dodgers Red Sox. I think I'll take the Red Sox over the Yankees. Yeah, um, that that the Yankee or the Red Sox are a tough team to bet against right now. Um, Absolutely, I mean, and they, I think they, they have a good series. They have 75 wins, which is by and far the most of any team in Major League Baseball. They're seven. I mean, five and a half games above the Yankees. Who have the yeah. second best record? I mean, that's I, they're definitely on another level as far as that goes. Uh, so I, I can I, I can see that. I, I'm not that would not surprise me. But yeah, it'll be fun to look forward to. So that's right. It will be. Thank you. It, it will. It will, Mitch. It will. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Hour with Mitch Bow and the Mormon. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys or on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us, leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Listen on Simplecast.com as well. Give us your what thoughts. Else, Let us know what you want to hear. Tell us we suck. Let us know. Absolutely. We Any and all input is accepted here at the Sports Hour so yes. let us know what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll be talking NFL probably next week. Uh-huh. Power because- rankings. We're gonna we're probably gonna do like a top ten power rankings kind of deal for the NFL now that training camp has started. So look forward to that. Uh, share with us your thoughts on the trade deadline. Where you think uh, these teams are going to end up? What you think of our like it, love it, hate it? And what your opinion on those are? I, we love feedback. We love hearing. This is about involving you, the listener. We, we hope you understand that. We want to hear from you. We really do. We don't want to just sit here and talk to each other. We could do this on the phone. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to, to put a podcast out for that. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from a community of sports fans. And we want your opinions to be just as valuable as ours. That's so right. And share with your friends. Know. Yeah. Tell us, hey, there's this, there's this weird dude and this Mormon that talks sports for an hour every week. Go give him a listen. Share with your friends. Yeah. Let us know we're here. We're out here. We, we really out here. 
<laughs> we we out here hard. We we out here. <laughs> yeet. So thanks again, guys. I don't know if that's how it works, but what what'd you say? Oh, I said yeet. Oh, oh, you yet, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that if that's how that works, but I'm gonna say it because it's what Mitch, the kids are saying uh, nowadays. I, Mitch, Mitch, I'm Mormon. I don't know. <laughs> you do know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that cultured. Um, thank you guys again, and uh, we will catch you next week. See ya.